all right race fans welcome to the asphalt affairs this is the section of the caution flag contemplations podcast where we're going to talk about all things nascar no dirt except for bristol this is going to be the asphalt racing this is for those of you that don't care nothing about real racing over on the dirt track sit back relax enjoy the show All right, all right, all right. Welcome in to the Asphalt Affairs episode for the week, guys. We are here to deconstruct Fontana, the cup race, the Xfinity race, and deconstruct the track. <laughs> y'all like that? That's cute. Anyways, we're going to talk about that and Kyle Busch. Y'all buckle in. Let's do this thing. All right, guys. So as we start off talking about the old cup race where to start where to start where to start all right guys so this is where we're gonna start so uh we had friday scheduled for nascar uh, i know that that's a weird concept for uh the, some of the execs over there at nascar but um we had this thing called practice <laughs> practice pr- pr- practice scheduled on friday um sorry i'm being smart ass but uh anyways we have practice scheduled on friday for cups and cup and xfinity we we're gonna qualify for cup and xfinity and Mother Nature was like, ah, no, you're not. Um, I saw the pictures and stuff on Friday, and I was like, oh, my Lord. Um, we get to Saturday. That's when they're <clears throat> actually going to have all the stuff going on. And NASCAR canceled the all-on-track activity, I think, at like uh, 7.30 in the morning or something like that, which is kind of unheard of other than like in a weather emergency, hurricane, whatever. Um, I was pretty pumped to watch it, guys. I was sitting at home on the couch by myself this weekend. Mrs. Casper the Ghost was getting her tan on on the cruise ship, so me and uh, Child Casper were hanging out the house. And um, hey, listen, I was all down to watch some racing. Uh, pretty much dirt racing was off this weekend, so I was like, NASCAR, you're my daddy. And uh, I was pretty excited for the weekend. And um, you know, we were hanging out, having a good time. Got to visit with the rest of the fam. Thanks for coming up, Mom and Dad. Appreciate it. Thanks for helping me watch the kid. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, so all on track got, activity got rained out for Saturday. Um, rained out, snowed out. Did, I don't know if y'all saw the pictures, but if you didn't, you should look. Uh, the mountains behind the track at Fontana, like, covered in snow. I was, like, looking at some of these pictures, and I'm like, first of all, this should be in a bush-like commercial. Second of all, why have I not been to this racetrack? Damn it, they're shutting it down. That was really how I felt. Um, I saw some of the pictures of the mountains in the background. I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't even know they had mountains like behind that track. Um, I can tell you guys, over the years I've learned, because I go to enough racetracks, like, some racetracks have some pretty awesome views behind them, some don't, but sometimes you don't realize they have those views because <laughs> you're, you're watching the race on the track and then you look up and you're like, oh my goodness, but... um. It would have been really cool to see that. Uh, I guess if they open a short track back up, we can go. But um, anywho, that's just my personal opinion. So, uh, but I, I was pretty sad that I never got to go to Fontana while it was a full track. Um, <sighs> the end of it, you know, it, it it is what it is. But so we didn't get any practice. We didn't get any qualifying. We set everything on the lineups on points. 
slash fastest lap slash laps led slash last finish. I don't know if you guys go look at Bob Pockross's Twitter. He'll tell you how they did it. There was some kind of formula. It was pretty impressive. Um, I don't know. At the end of the day, I can tell you this. Christopher Bell started on the pole in the 20 car. That's what y'all needed to know. Um, so, we come to Sunday. After NASCAR canceled everything, they're like, ah, we're going to do Sunday, and we'll go to the Xfinity race after. And for them Xfinity boys, I was like, I looked at the weather when I saw that on Saturday morning. And I just pulled up Fontana on my phone, you know, Weather Channel app and all. And I was like, oh my goodness, if they get their race in before Friday, they'd be doing pretty good. I was like, ah, they might have to cancel the whole Xfinity race. But um, anyway, so it looked like it was going to rain Sunday morning, rain slash snow Sunday morning slash then be sunny, but then maybe a storm passing, then rain late and i was like they're hopefully they'll get the cup race in honestly uh my dad was up here i think i said something like i'm pretty sure they're gonna get like 73 and a half percent of the cup race in and then it's gonna rain um that didn't happen sunday happened we got it all in so that worked out good and that means i got a lot to talk about for you all so um anyways all right <clears throat> so we scratched everything started sunday there uh we can go over the lineup but before we do that let me say this uh, Twitter. NASCAR Twitter is popping, y'all. You all know that. Because um, if you've seen this podcast, you've probably been on NASCAR Twitter. But um, they let us know pretty early in the day. You know, NASCAR, I think, did all the right things. They were there early to get started on track drying with Titans, dryers, all that. Um, it seemed to me like they were pretty aggressive on cutting the racetrack up to relieve any issues from weepers. I think that's a very intelligent move on their part. Not something you're going to hear me say all the time. Not that I don't love NASCAR, but you know, sometimes they mess some stuff up. But um, So I do want to give a shout-out to them whenever they deserve one. I feel like they deserve one. They did a good job getting there, getting the track prepped, and understanding, hey, this is the last race. If we cut 700 cracks in this thing that's an eighth of an inch wide, it really ain't going to matter because we're about to bulldoze it anyways. Um, and there was no weepers, so... Uh, I was talking to the El Padre there Sunday morning, and I was like, man, didn't they have that one race? And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I looked it up. I think it was 2008. They had a bunch of stuff. I th if I'm not mistaken, that race got pushed to Monday because of weepers. Like, not actually because of the rain, but because of the weepers. And had a lot of problems throughout the race, having to stop the race, and yada, yada, yada. Maybe it didn't get pushed to Monday. You know, I was only a, a babe back then, so... Um, you know, lots happened, but I remember they had some problems that year with it. Uh, other than that, I don't really remember a whole lot of rain out there in Fontana, but um, it was what it was. So, props to NASCAR for getting the track done, okay? Props to you guys for that. So, starting lineup, <clears throat> we set this thing, uh, like I said, with a mix of points, fastest lap, and finish from the last week. So, uh, Christopher Bell's on the pole, Ricky Stenhouse outside the front row. I had a couple notables here I was going to note for you all. Uh, Christopher Busher, the one that I picked last week in my Friday preview, as a dark horse, he started in fifth. And I was like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, he might have a chance. And which, by the way, I did put a dollar bet on Chris Busher, for, just for y'all to know. If it would have won, it would have paid like $250 or something like that. So, eh, maybe it wasn't that much. I was like $150. I, it, was a, it was a good chunk of money because the odds were pretty long. But, um... I did put that in. I did lose it. So I uh, just want to let you guys know that. Um, 
Other than that, <laughs> Cody Ware started in 11th. <clears throat> I wonder how that's going to go. Uh, but that's because he had a good run there at Daytona because uh, that's a plate track. And when you're drafting, you can do that when you have the shittiest equipment on the track. Uh, Corey LaJoy started in 12th, and I was like, eh, I don't know. Again, that row was kind of scary. I was a little worried about that with uh, Corey and Cody there. Um, other notable from that, I picked Kyle Busch. He started 21st in row 11 next to J.J. Gailey in the other Rickway racing car. Uh, Chase Elliott started 33rd. Tyler Reddick started 35th. Obviously, that's because of trouble that they ran into at Daytona. They didn't have time to run fastest laps. Their points are terrible. They got bit fin bit bad finishes. It kind of sucks. If I, The thing that I wanted to say about that is I feel like <clears throat> this whole lineup thing, you know, in years past, I'm, the first five races, didn't we use the points from the previous year? Uh, I guess with the charter system, they've changed that, but I do... I feel like I'm not crazy. You guys can let me know. I'm sure somebody will let me know. Um, but they used, for the first five races, they used to use points from last year. I'm a 99.63782% sure they used to use, five, the, the for the first five races, they used last year's points, owner's points when they were doing that. But they obviously said it by owner's points at that point in time. It's a little bit different. So, um Side note. So it's interesting for Chase and Tyler Reddick. They have to start in the back. You know, like, obviously, you know, you'd expect those two teams to do pretty good. Uh, but that's not how they want to start their day. So um, that was kind of the notables I had on the lineup. So we get into the race. Um, you know, I was like sitting there on the couch, like, all right, let's do it. Honestly, guys, I'm making this. I flipped on the pre race coverage pretty early and i was like oh my goodness this track looks like it's ready to go i know i'd seen on twitter that um at the track some of the pre-race fan activities have been canceled you weren't allowed out there um that kind of thing um you know i was pretty impressed it looked like everything was on time so everything was gonna go off without a hitch so we started there got it cranked up um kind of started there went to what the Went to like uh, competition caution um, for the rain, I guess, because you know first first thing on the track. Leading up to that competition caution, uh, I told my dad I was like, man, <laughs> these guys are kicking up a lot of dirt or rocks or dust or rubber or whatever it is. And I started thinking about it. I was like, well, you know, generally what happens is. One, and uh, you know some people know this some don't but generally what happens again I'm a fan not in the industry but generally what happens is when NASCAR shows up to any track whether they own it or it's SMI track or whatever um, they take the jet dryers when they unload them off their trucks and they actually clean the surface of the racetrack uh, just to blow any dust and debris off and then you know usually the cup cars aren't the first cars on the track there's usually an Xfinity practice or you know, like during COVID, it was just a race and there's qualifying all that, which kind of helps get some of the track cleaned up. Well, it was raining the whole time. I don't know if, you know, obviously they put the jet dryers and the air tightens on the track, but with it being wet, it's just a little bit different. Everything wasn't dusty and all that. Um, I also, this is personal opinion, not proven fact, not reported fact, but I think that probably the grooves that they put in the track to prevent the weepers, um, Probably left a little bit of debris out there. 
and honestly probably pushed some stuff up out of it as they went over it and um <clears throat> might have just led to more debris if that makes sense like if the splitters were clipping it and then that's just more stuff for people to run over but it was the weirdest thing i'd seen like we're 15 in this 15 laps in this race and you're looking at these cars and you're like holy crap what happened <laughs> um you know like <laughs> it looked like they'd been mudding or like getting shot with bbs or it was it, i think a lot of people are kind of like sandblasted and i guess that's a pretty good description uh so i don't know if part of it was like you know guys sometimes when snow comes down it brings dirt and all that stuff down through there with it i don't know if that laid it up there but it was it was definitely different and like i noticed right off the rip when they were going down there like a almost like a fog of dust slash sand on the back stretch in particular and i was like holy crap but um so that was kind of the note up there to the competition yellow. Um, they came in there. Uh, I can't remember who did what. I'm pretty sure, though, that that was the caution. Or Kyle Busch. I think it was like lap 20 or something like that. I, if I was a good reporter, I would write that down. But like I said, this is for fans by fans, so it doesn't really matter. It was in the first stage. We had a competition yellow. I think it was about 20, 25 laps in, whatever it was. And um, could even been 15, but... Um, they came in, <clears throat> did their thing. The eight car, Goblish, who, by the way, was already slicing through the field from his starting position. I think he was already in the top six or seven, something like that. Uh, you guys would have to go back and watch to, to tell me I'm wrong if you want to do that. Please feel free and send me a video clip. But anyways, uh, he was up there looking pretty sharp, and uh, they weren't talking about it on TV. I just saw it because obviously I bet some money on him, so I was like, please get the win. Um, you know, from his 21st starting spot, I think he cracked the top 10 there before the uh, competition yellow. But anyways, he was indeed speeding, entering pit road. Um, and I was like, oh no, uh, damn it, Kyle. Um, and that kind of sucked. Um, but he went to the back. It was early. So I was like, all right, whatever. So we restart there after the competition caution. Um, you know, that was it. Lap. I think it was 15 in. So we restarted about 20, lap 20, and um, come out there. And I think probably not five laps after that, you see Kyle Larson slowing down, coming down pit road. You're like, what the hell? And because uh, he looked pretty good before that, like he was in the top five, and um, I think he was in second when he really just absolutely hit the bottom there and like whatever happened happened broke electrical or whatever and kyle had to take it behind the wall uh they ripped some of the parts and pieces off the motor there put it back together and uh, sent him back out he was 16 laps down i'm sure at that point in the day kyle was like this is completely not worth it why am i out here why am i here why am i here why am i here why am i here right and um you know, I probably <laughs> would have been the same way if I was Kyle Larson at that point. It can't ever, like, I'm not a driver, but I know that it can't be fun to be last 16 laps down. Uh, it's at a big track where you're not necessarily expecting that many cautions to, like, to knock guys out of the race. Like, you might expect some guys to go lap down, but to go 16 or more down, it's going to take a big wreck or something like that. And that's not something that they necessarily usually have out there. It's actually usually a pretty green race out there. So, um, you know, you know, that's a rough day for them. Looked like they were going to be quick. Uh, they got it in there. They got it fixed. Went to 16 laps down. When they came back out, guys, like, he was 
running laps with everybody else. I mean, uh, you know, it made you feel bad for him. I think he would have been probably a top five car, um, if not for his electrical issues. Obviously, the rest of the Hendrick cars had a pretty good run. The rest of Chevrolet's had pretty good runs, uh, minus some crash damage and such. But, um, you know, it worked out pretty good. So, uh, got that done. That was kind of my note from the first stage. Like, we had that happen. Um, <sighs> Ross Chastain basically took the lead there not too long after that, and he was gone. Like, gone, gone. Like, nobody was going to catch Ross Chastain. He looked pretty good. Suarez was out there. I think Suarez led a few laps, too. Um, <clears throat> you know, Logano was up there for, like, what? Like, a lap. Blaney was up there before Chastain got up there and uh actually I remember at one point I was like shoot maybe the Fords are faster than I thought they were going to be because I was kind of thinking the Fords are going to be slow given the, what we'd heard about the aero changes and all that and uh, Blaney was up there and, and Logano was up there and they led what like 15 laps or something and um <clears throat> then Chastain got up there he finished off the uh the first stage there got the win the first stage first stage top 10 was Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, Daniel Suarez, Alex Bowman, Denny Hamlin, William Byron, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., and Chase Elliott. So Chase Elliott, guys, this is just a quick note for my boy because I am a Chase fan of the Cup Series. Uh, he did get up to ninth there, I mean 10th, by the end of the first stage after starting 33rd. Uh, they probably picked up a few spots on pit road, but it wasn't due to strategy, you know, but... They drove up there, so, you know, pretty good driving for Chase. All you people that say the boy can't drive. He drove from 33rd to 10th in the first stage, okay? Don't knock it. Um, So, we get into stage two there. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the whole thing there. I forgot. Okay, after that competition caution there, okay, we get out, we're racing around there. Like, <laughs> and let's, let me get a lap number for this one for you guys. Um, The... Seven and the six got in that that turn there, um, and <clears throat> you know it's like, what are we doing? You know, like why are, why are we doing this? Um, you know, I <laughs> it looked to me like Corey just overdrove it, like driving a you know a little bit above his head, and uh, drove in the back of the six. Brad was running pretty good. Brad Brad looked pretty good, guys, throughout the day. I just want to note that, too. And, um, you know, Corey spun him. I'm sure Brad wasn't happy about it. Um, but it felt to me like he was. And I was like, man, I mean, Corey LaJoy should be happy. He's up here. But why is he wrecking, guys? Like, <sighs> But uh, I guess when you race in the back, that's what you do when you get to the front. You don't know better because that's how them guys drive back there. So he'll learn. Um, I'm glad to see that he was running up there, but yeah, he turned Brad down there down the back stretch. And I was like, damn, that run Brad's day. He was having a good run too, especially after the year they had last year. Also, like I said, I was hoping maybe Chris Buescher would get a win because that made me look like a genius. So I figured one RFK car doing good and it probably means the other one's doing good too. So, you know, kind of sucked, but, um, it was what it was. I was surprised that Brad was not angry about it than he was. Um, but anyways, so. That happened. Then Ross won stage one. Then we go into stage two, okay? <clears throat> we go into stage two and, uh, you know, doing our thing. And, again, you have the uh, old seven ball there. Um, 
let's see, the stage, like five laps in that stage, um, the 16 got turned uh, with some contact. I'm not going to blame Corey all the ways. He had contact with the 7. I'm not going to completely blame Corey for that one. But again, it's like early in a cup race, guys like, what are we doing? Why are we, you know, getting people turned because they're racing that hard? I, I don't know. Um, AJ Allmendinger got spun. Uh, I don't really think it was AJ's fault. I felt like he was fine, but there was some other contact that happened from outside towards the inside that got him screwed. And uh, AJ spun and uh, hit the wall, ended his day uh, pretty well there uh, due to the contact. So uh, that ended up with AJ having a last place finish. Definitely not what I want to see for AJ. Uh, you know, he's having a rough go of it to start. But while we're talking about AJ, guys, <laughs> those few laps he was there, that man, every restart, I'll tell you this, if you guys are going to watch every cup race this year like I am, on a restart, find the 16 car, and you're probably going to want to look at it because he is making those moves that winners make. Uh, they're over-aggressive, frankly. A lot of times they're over-aggressive. But he, puts, he, he goes to the bottom a lot, and he puts other drivers in a position to lift or get wrecked. And... Um, I like that. I like that about AJ. He's always been aggressive. He's as aggressive as anybody in the field, sometimes to his detriment. I don't think in this particular instance it was, but, you know, he's going to get everything he can out of the call car. I know they had a rough start, but, um, you know, he was up there in the top 10 racing around. He had a good uh, thing, but we'll see what happens. So just just pay attention on, on restarts. Watch AJ, and if you think that I'm wrong, go ahead and send me a tweet, and then I'll send you some videos later in the year whenever he's passing like 27 cars on a restart. So, uh, you know. Anyways, <clears throat> AJ was doing pretty good, got turned, sucked. All right, that's what happened there. Um, after that, um, Corey LaJoy got turned by the 45 for no apparent reason. Um I guess Corey might have come down as Reddick was coming up. I didn't really understand what happened there. I was like, what What are we doing? <laughs> Tyler, you're not a rookie, are you? Uh, I know you're driving the 45 car, and it should be a pretty good car. And, like, what, do you, what are we doing? And uh, so Tyler turned the 7 car there. Uh, I don't know how LaJoy ended up feeling about that. Um, it didn't, like, entirely uh, ruin his day. So I guess that worked out, but I'm sure he was he was pretty frustrated. They said over the radio, like, who did it? Who did it? And they're like, it's a 45. We'll get him when we come back through. We'll get him. All right, first of all, if you are Corey LaJoy's spotter or crew chief or owner over at Spire, please listen. This is a hard stance. If you haven't run in the top 20 for three effing years, don't tell your driver to turn people when they gets back to them. Like, don't be that way. Why would you do that? I'm sorry. Got like Corey LaJoy does not be getting in fights with other drivers. Okay? I know Tyler Reddick's, you know, younger, but he's been around a while. Okay? Like Corey LaJoy needs to run his race. He hits way too many people to be mad if he gets turned. It wasn't on purpose. He there's just it, there's no reason for Corey LaJoy to get told to wreck somebody just because he gets wrecked. Like I'm sorry. Like it's going to happen. Uh, the part of the pack that you guys are racing in, the equipment you have, from 10th to 25th is the most aggressive racing in the entire pack uh, when they're racing. Like, yeah, I've seen it. You guys, if you watch, you know what I'm talking about. Like, 
But to tell Corey LaJoy to go turn somebody, I don't think that's what he needs, man. I think what he needs is to keep his head down and keep digging. If he gets disrespected by somebody and turned, that's a different story. But it wasn't like an intentional turning from Reddick there. It just it happened. So um, if something comes back, I'll take that back. But I quit telling Corey LaJoy to wreck people unless he needs to. Okay? Hard stance. All right. Done with that. So that brought us to the fun part of the show. Uh, so we did a restart there after that one. Uh, what, like lap... We restarted, I think it was lap 91, 92. And uh, Joey's at the front. I think Was it Joey and Denny on the front row, I think, maybe, for the restart? I don't know. Joey was on the front. And, um, you know, I told you guys uh, in my pre-race show that I thought that the restart zone was going to be one of the more interesting rule changes of the year for the Cup Series. I don't know if you all remember that or not, but I did tell you that. And uh, this is why. Um, Joey waited to go. Those guys all bunched in on him and um, ended up wrecking like half the field at Fontana on their last race ever at Fontana. And I was like, huh, interesting. And um, like I said, my dad was down. We were watching the race, and he was like, man, did, like, did he not go or did he hit the brakes or like, you know, what happened? And I was like, I mean, I just don't think he went yet. And I think they were all anticipating and got busted. I was like, I don't think this is the last time we're going to see this this year. I get on Twitter and some of y'all are over here, and I'm a Joey Logano hater. Joey, if you listen to this, it's nothing personal, but I, I absolutely do not like you as a race car driver. It's just because you drive for Ford. It's just because you wear those glasses and look like a, a turd. I'm sorry. I like you, man. Like, we could be cool. I'll drink a beer with you and all that, but, like, you're a turd, okay? On the racetrack. But, anyways, it is what it is with Joey, okay? And, um, but he didn't do anything wrong. For all y'all out there bitching. Joey Logano did nothing wrong on that restart. He's the leader. It is his prerogative of when to go when he's between those two lines. For those of you that don't understand that, look at the rule book. Okay? Furthermore, if you don't understand what I'm saying, go back and watch some restarts from last year on YouTube or something. And look at the fact that sometimes the guys row 5, 4, and 6 do better than the guys in the front three rows. And the reason for that is, with that zone being as small as it was, they could lay back and go faster. Well, they can't lay back and go because Joey gets to pick when he goes. They really have to watch, okay? Um, I, I like the move. Unfortunately, it is going to make you guys drive better, okay? Um, similar... <sighs> I'm trying to think of a rule that's comparable to another sport, but it's like this. Okay, you guys are in the, the NASCAR Cup Series. The Xfinity has the same restart zone. The trucks have the same restart zone. But you guys are in the NASCAR, NASCAR Cup Series, okay? You guys should be professional enough to know how to do a damn restart and not run over people. You drivers should, spotters should, teams should, okay? Know the rules. Know the guys. Study up. You guys are going to have to watch film on these drivers. All right, I'm telling you, this year in particular... Your film time better have a lot to do with when these guys are leading. What are they doing in the restart zone? Smart move on Joey. Guess what Joey's going to do next time? Not that. Okay? It's going to take some time, but you'll start to see these guys' tendencies. And, you know, we'll have to learn them. But these guys are going to have to play more honest. Um, it's kind of like by doing that, it's almost like I, in football, if you have a really good uh, – <clears throat> Let's say you you have a good pass game, 
Um, but they're just sitting back on it and covering it. Well, guess what? Now, with you having more space, it's the same kind of thing. There's more room to create space. So it's like having a good run game and a good pass game, and now they don't know what you're doing instead of just having one. That makes sense for something outside of NASCAR. That's as close as I can get. But um, this is what's going to happen on these restarts, guys. Like this is, I'll tell you right now, you can mark this down. Mark it down, okay? This is, this is your Casper, the host, telling you a fact. Mark it down, okay? That will happen again this year. More than once. Um, and it's going to tear some cars up. It will tear up probably less cars than we had this go-around because some of these guys are going to be watching for it, particularly the veterans that remember before before restart zones. Do you guys remember we didn't have those? <laughs> I bet you don't. Um, I do. It was a long time ago. It was probably like three, but I do remember when they didn't have restart zones. But, you know, like That was like when Jeff Gordon was winning 10 races a year or something. So... Um, you know they're gonna have to pay attention more. I like the I like the rule. I think it's a good rule, but these guys are really gonna have to be on their game on restarts. Okay, but anyways, so we had this wreck, stacked them up, jacked up half the pack. Um, the list of cars involved, I have it right here for you guys: 41, 20, 12, 10, uh, 45, 51, 77, 31, 38. That's a lot of cars. Like. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten cars. Okay. First of all, that's a lot of cars in a Cup Series wreck, not at a plate track. That doesn't happen very often at any track other than Daytona and Talladega. Okay. We used to see it at Dover sometimes or Darlington, but like now, these guys have figured out how to get the hell out of the way, right? Like they just do. Um, and we don't see this as much, but that's a lot of cars. Um, Eric Amarola, for the, like, he like ramped. Honestly, he's kind of lucky that car didn't get hit while it was up in the air. It ramped off somebody and, like, sort of rolled up on its side, you know, stood it back on the back left tire. And I was like, it's a good thing he didn't get hit while he was up there. That would have been scary. Um, you know, I was, <clears throat> I'm, I am a little bit curious, and nobody has said this, but the whole thing about the fact that none of those drivers that got run into in the back were complaining about their necks and stuff and heads hurting that we've seen so far. I mean, I don't know if NASCAR's told them to shut up or what, but I haven't heard anybody. I was watching some of those end cars from those bumps, and from what they said, that was enough to hurt some of these guys last year. So maybe these clips are softening the blow a little bit. Maybe they got something figured out in the headrest or the helmet to help out, but um, didn't have any of that. So... Uh, definitely a shame to see that many cars get wrecked, all right? So, after that, <clears throat> we finally get restarted. We got, like, what, like, uh, five laps to go in the stage or something like that. And, uh, I'm, I apologize. We had 40, we had 30 laps to go on the stage. And, um, so we do that. And uh, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez basically put on a clinic there. They get to the lead and never look back. Ross wins stage one. Ross wins stage two. I'm like, oh, no, because I don't know if you guys remember, but I said that Ross Chastain's a fluke and he's only going to win one or less races this year. Second race of the year is not making that prediction look too good. So, um, side note, I also bet on FanDuel. I bet that uh, one driver would win more than one stage. It paid pretty good. So thank you, Ross, for those couple dollars there. 
Again, guys, I don't bet lots of money. It's like a dollar. I made two fifty or something, whatever. But um, that did happen. So thank you, Ross, for that. I appreciate it. I also was definitely afraid you were going to run away with the race at that point. Although Kyle Busch had been working his way back up to this point um, from his speeding penalty. So I wasn't that scared, okay? I wasn't, I wasn't that scared, okay? So uh, top ten there in stage two was as follows. Uh, I said Daniel Suarez, guys, I'm on... I, I've, he got a speeding penalty with Kyle Busch, so he was not up there. Um, I forgot. But it was uh, Ross Chastain, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Daniel Suarez, Dennis Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, Brad Keselowski after getting turned, and Corey LaJoy after being spun as well. Um... So the six and the seven have both been spun and finished ninth and tenth respectively. Definitely uh, good runs for them boys. Okay, uh, after that, that definitely way to right the ship. So I got to give some props to them for that. Okay, um, that was into stage two. We go into stage three, and boys, it was a green flag race in stage three. Uh, Ross was out there, Suarez was out there, and then Kyle Busch was like, no, 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 no. And no, 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 no. And um, so they're running that thing. And Kyle got past Ross there on the track. And uh, they did that thing where they did that green flag pit there in the third stage. I couldn't tell you what lap it was on. It was in that last run. And, um, you know, like Ross was like, I don't know, 15 car lengths back maybe. And he absolutely outdrove Kyle on the entry to pit road, which... Shout out to Ross because traditionally we've all known that like two of the best guys getting off and on pit road was Denny Hamlin and uh, Kyle Busch. So uh, Kyle Busch has usually been quoted as the best one as far as making time on and off pit road. So I think his speeding penalty probably slowed him down a little bit. But Ross actually passed him on the entry to pit road. Kyle's crew there came through for him, got it done, put him out in front of the one car. And uh, he was good to go from there. Um, you know, uh, that's pretty much how that stage went. There was one caution for the 77 car, Todd Dillon, that I don't even want to talk about. Died or something. Who knows? What are they doing out there anyways? I don't understand how the 7 Spire car is so much better than 77. Um, I like Ty Dillon. I've watched Ty Dillon. I met Ty Dillon at like dirt races and like I like him and I I don't really understand what he's doing on the track at this point in time in a Spire car. Uh, I personally believe that you're better to step down and do something that somebody will pay you to do and do good at it than to keep running a higher level. Whether that's, you know, Xfinity to a car's late model tour or, you know, like, you know, cup series to truck, whatever, whatever you got to do. Like, but I think being in good equipment is better than being in bad equipment and making money. Even if you're making less money, if you want to be a driver, if you want to get a paycheck and go home because you're lazy, Hey, that's fine. Ty Giz, I'm not talking about Ty Dillon. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, you know, some other drivers that, uh, I will not name, but if you want to be lazy and just make a paycheck for the weekend and go home, that's fine. But if you want to win, I think you're better being, step down and get in competitive equipment. Somebody will take you. If if you were good and you have an opportunity in competitive equipment, competitive equipment not getting paid 
is better for your career as a driver if that's what you want to do when you grow up than just getting paid to run last or whatever. So that's a side note, though. It's just it's a rant that I've had built up for a while. You know, there's just some of these drivers out here. You just you can't do nothing with them. Okay, they don't know no better. But um, <clears throat> don't blame them. So, anyways. They got they got to get paid too, and I understand that. I've never told anybody to turn down a paycheck. So, um, we go through this deal. There's questions: Are we going to pit? Are we not going to pit? Are we good on fuel? Are we not good on fuel? Yada yada yada. Michael McDowell runs it all the ways out of fuel, basically, till like I don't know six seven laps to go. Everybody else pit halfway. Michael McDowell's leading the race. We're like, oh, if there's a caution, and Fox is trying to sell it like, well, if there's a caution, Michael McDowell's going to pit with the rest of these guys and have a chance. He wasn't going to have a chance. But um, he lost that crew chief uh, to Hendrick Motorsports for Alex Bowman this year. And um, I, that, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm sorry, dude, if you listen to this. But um, that guy from that car over there that Michael McDowell had, uh, all the speed left with him. Sorry. He's an innovator. And uh, everything left with him. Great pickup for Hendrick Motorsports. Extremely underrated. So we go through this thing. Kyle, uh, Kyle Bush did the Kyle Bush thing, got the lead, kept the lead. Chase Elliott put up a fight there for a minute. You know, it looked like maybe he was going to close in. I'm still not sure that some of that, because that was a little bit, you know, like I, I think Kyle was probably saving a little bit there. And then whenever they told him, like, hey, he's under four seconds, Kyle's like, oh, never mind. We're done with that. And uh, turn it back up. And uh, Kyle Bush did Kyle Bush stuff. Kyle Bush went out and, um, Won the race, came across the line in first place, and he said, you know, something about RCR or whatever. Um, I thought it was a good race. I was glad to see Kyle win. I told y'all Kyle was going to win, in case nobody's keeping score, so I'm now one for two on cup races. Um, told y'all Kyle was going to win. Uh, that paid me like 100. I think with Kyle winning, all the bets I made combined, I think I made like 150 bucks or something like that on FanDuel, which is awesome because that means that now I can have some play money, do some fun stuff here on the show or whatever, make some crazy bets or not crazy bets or whatever, and uh, get to sharing with you guys. But um, so it worked out good. I was glad to see Kyle get a win. Um, that's a whole nother issue that we need to discuss about Kyle Bush. We're about to get there. Um, but so Kyle gets the win. Uh, Chase Elliott finishes second after starting 33rd. Uh, Chase Elliott, after starting third, got stage points in stage one and stage two. Kyle Busch, due to his speeding penalty, um, he only got stage points in stage two, but he got more than Chase did, so it's okay. Um, your stage... You know, dominators there as far as points went was uh, Chastain and Suarez. Uh, very consistent for them. Uh, Ross, obviously, both first, Suarez third and fifth. Um, I'm pretty sure those were the top stage point earners for the day. Congratulations to Trackhouse. Congratulations to Chevrolet. Um, I haven't gone on my Chevy rant yet, but if you guys paid attention there, all those drivers that were close to the front of the field all day were in Chevrolet's. Um Chevrolet's better, uh, for those of you who do know. Um, but I will say this. Have you guys ever heard that song about uh, Chevy don't let me down? I own a Chevy, so that's why I'm a Chevy guy. And I just want y'all to know Chevy 
did indeed let me down this week. I'm putting a uh, $6,000 transmission in my 2017 Silverado 1500 Crew Cab Blue Z71 truck. Um, it only has 70,000 miles on it, and it needs a transmission. I'm pretty mad about it. And Chevy, you did indeed let me down. I've never owned anything but a Chevy for my vehicle in my life. I never planned on it, but I'm pretty upset about this transmission thing that I'm having to pay for. <sighs> Anyways, alright. Other than that, Chevy won the race. Okay, Guys, Kyle Busch wins this race. Okay, And, uh, I was obviously ecstatic. Like I said, I, I picked him on the show. Um, I'm a Kyle Busch fan, okay? I, I'm i a Chase Elliott fan first. I always will be a Chase Elliott fan first, I think, as long as he's driving. Um, I was definitely bought. Chase Elliott definitely bought me as a fan because I was a Jeff Gordon fan. And, you know, Hendrick put him in that 24, and um, they bought me as a Chase Elliott fan by doing that. I didn't know who I was going to go for when Gordon stepped away. I was a Gordon fan for my whole life growing up. Uh, I was born in, I'm not going to tell you what year I was born in, but when Jeff Gordon won his first, what, championships, 97, I was uh, I was like five, and um, apparently I always liked NASCAR. There's some family stories about some people that didn't like Jeff Gordon, and you know maybe I got pushed to Jeff Gordon. I don't know. He won a lot of races. He had a bright colored car as a kid. That's all I know to tell y'all. And uh, so I was a Jeff Gordon fan growing up. I was a Jeff Gordon fan uh, always up until uh, his last year. I mean, like, um, I was bought as a Chase Elliott fan that way. I know this has nothing to do with Kyle Busch winning the race, but I'm just going to tell you guys anyways. Like, I was a Chase Elliott fan because of this. But here's what you guys need to know. So I'm, when I say Jeff Gordon fan, I mean, I'm Jeff Gordon fan. I was heartbroken, okay? Um, but... Uh, Mrs. Cash for the Ghost is my wedding present, by the way, for any other ladies listening. Uh, Mrs. Cash for the Ghost, uh, for my wedding present, took me to Bristol when we were broke uh, before we were married. Uh, we were both in school. Uh, I was working like three jobs, and she was working two jobs, and we were both in school uh, three hours away from each other. But she bought me and my friends. We went to the... That Bristol night race when Gordon ran the throwback um, DuPont slash Exalta rainbow scheme. It was awesome. But uh, when I went to that race, I was like, I don't know who I'm going to pull for. And feel like, it, when you go to a race, you got to pull for somebody. And, you know, I didn't know. The following year, me and my buddy, uh, Squatkins, we went over to uh, <sighs> Talladega. And uh, the 24 car was still on the track. And I was like, you know what? That's it. That's the one. Bought a t-shirt right then and there. Big old Hooters 24 Chase Elliott t-shirt. I still have it somewhere. That's probably a collector's item because it's a Hooters Chase Elliott shirt and it's 24. There really wasn't that many of those. So um, I thought he was going to win a race and went over backside there too. But anyways, all right, I'm done now. So Kyle Busch wins the race. Uh, I am a Kyle Busch fan, like I said. Okay, I've purchased Kyle Busch merchandise. I've purchased more of it than I would like to say because a lot of it said Toyota. Um... But I've always liked Kyle. And the reason I like Kyle is because I relate to Kyle's attitudes a lot about things. Uh, I like that Kyle's Kyle. Some people complain about Kyle Busch uh, being a whiner or you know, having a bad attitude or being a sore loser or whatever. But those same people that complain about that 
also tend to say that people like William Byron, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, I've just listed all the Hendrick drivers, um, Martin Truex, I could keep going on, but all these guys, they talk about how they have no personality, and we need more personalities in the sport. Well, by God, Kyle Busch has personality, so don't be a Kyle Busch hater because of that, okay? Uh, for me, he left Toyota, came back to Chevy. Uh, I He's my number two driver. He was my number two driver. I just couldn't publicize, and I couldn't wear his stuff because it said Toyota on it, so I just have it in my garage, and my box is like locked away so nobody could see it. Um because I just can't, I can't be a Toyota fan because I'm an American and Toyota trucks might be made in Texas, but by God, I'll take the one made in Mexico. So, um, it is what it is. But so Kyle Busch back with Chevrolet. I was pumped to see him get a win. I really felt like over the off season, I wasn't sure what we were going to see out of Kyle Busch. Uh, after the clash, I felt pretty good about what we were going to see out of Kyle Busch. I think that his whole year was going to be kind of made or break, made or break, like that English, um, pretty pretty quick. Like if kind of on the first ten races, um, I felt like if he came out slow and sluggish, he was only going to be at RCR a year or two, and he's going to hang it up, and he wasn't going to win. Uh, I feel like he has come out so far. If you count the clash, uh, three races, three chances to win. And if you want to count the duels, four chases, four chances to win. So, like, I I mean, uh, arguably he should have won the Daytona 500. I mean, I I still think if they would have played their cards right, he would he had the better car. It just didn't work out that way. Um, Chevys are fast. Kyle's in a Chevy. Kyle is motivated. And Kyle is not, like, pissed off motivated. He's just motivated, motivated. He wants to win. Like, it's been a long time since he's won regular races. He won that Bristol dirt race. Um, guys, I love dirt racing, but Bristol's not a real race. So, this is kind of like his first race he's won to me in a while. Like, 156 or 100. What a, 56 starts or something like that. However long it's been since he won um, on another asphalt track. And, uh... I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, it's not, this is not the last one, okay? KFB is back. He's back with a vengeance. And um, uh, Richard Childress does indeed have the money um, needed to compete. And uh, he now has a badass driver uh, to compete. And um, I think they, that, I think Randall Burnett is a very solid crew chief. Probably the most underrated part of that team, and uh, I think a lot of people gave credit uh, uh, that was due to him. It, I mean, I, I shouldn't say it. We don't know this yet, but looking at the season so far, you have to say that it's possible that some of Tyler Reddick's credit belonged to Randall Burnett. I mean, hate it for Reddick, but Reddick, you know, I told you guys to start the year, Reddick versus uh, Bush. Uh, Bush is now up 2 nothing. He's also up 2 nothing on Ty Gibbs, too, just for the record. Um, <laughs> you know, I know the reason I say I, I'm kind of more interested in the Reddick versus Bush because Reddick, I think, is a good driver, and Toyota, I think, I honestly think Toyota was happy. The reason they were more okay with getting rid of uh, Kyle was Tyler Reddick than Ty Gibbs. That's my honest opinion. I could be wrong, but that's my opinion. And, um... 
So far, they're getting shown that was a poor decision. Um, Kyle Busch is probably going to go on a tear here, in my opinion. Um, I haven't decided if I'm picking him for Vegas yet, but Kyle Busch is a very streaky driver over his career, if you go back and look. Vegas is his hometown. He's fired up. He uh, he won in Fontana, California. He probably went home to Vegas this week, hung out with the fam. Uh, well, he might have gone back to Charlotte. I don't know. Braxton was uh, racing uh, like a Bandolero or something. So he might have gone back to Charlotte for that, but he's hanging out with the fam. He's going back to Vegas. Kurt's going to be there hanging out. They're going to see the fam. Uh, Kyle's as confident as he's ever been. He's getting in a car that, as far as I'm concerned, based off what I've seen, is going to be as fast as anything he's ever driven. And um, I'm not saying I'm picking him yet because it's not my Friday preview. It's not time to do that yet, but I'm, I don't be surprised. Um, I mean, Kyle Busch is about to do some Kyle Busch shit. I, I, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not trying to say he's, you know, this is second coming, but uh, this is the second coming of Kyle Busch. Um, and my, like, he's about to do it. Like, I, I really think so. I think we're in for a treat. Uh, I said there'd be 17 different winners. The only driver that I see ruining that is this one right here in the eight car. So, uh, also, like I said, I kind of like that Kyle has different sponsors. Uh, I believe he's got a different sponsor next week, which is, uh, uh, some company nobody's ever heard of called Alsco, and um, they're gonna sponsor him for Vegas. They're also sponsoring the Xfinity race for Vegas. I don't even know what they do there. Uh, oh, it's a linen company. What does that mean? Oh, it's a uniform company. Oh, so it's like Centos. Oh, okay. All right, I know what that is. So, um, anyways, uh, they're doing that, and uh, he might get another win, another another car. That'd be awesome for him and awesome for Alsco. So, uh, hope that works out. Maybe he'll get another dub. I don't know. I'm a fan. Uh, eight and nine. Hey, the good news is it's eight and nine. That's two numbers right next to each other that I can pick, pull for all the time. Um, all right, I'm done now. Congratulations to Kyle Busch. <sighs> Congratulations to those of you fans up there that I didn't hear boo and I heard cheering. Welcome to the good side, okay? Kyle's not a bad guy, okay? He's a good driver. Uh, I'm going to say he might be the best driver of all time. All right, we're done with that. We'll talk about that later in the year. All right, uh, other results here. I will go down through the results now that I've talked about that for 25 minutes. Um, Kyle Busch, obviously, like I said, notable on his finish other than the win was the fact that he sped on pit road. Uh, Daniel Suarez also sped on pit road, finished fourth. Uh, track house there went third and fourth. Apparently, they're not a fluke like I said they were. Sorry. Maybe uh, Justin did take that clip and put it in the shop or play it on repeat. I don't know, but uh, good run for them. Good run for Chevy. Um, let's see. In the top ten, you had one, two, three, four, five, six six Chevys I mean it's more than half so that's pretty good um, and that's considering that Kyle Larson probably would have been there if he didn't have that electrical issue so uh, you know it is what it is um, Martin Truex lost a wheel at almost pit stops we didn't talk about it because I didn't talk about it then but he did indeed lose a wheel um, they knew it was off at the end of pit road I don't know if they're not allowed to back up or what I don't know why he didn't 
I guess they're not allowed to. He should have backed up to the box and got it fixed then. Instead, he went around and came on the back stretch, and now they're going to lose two crew members for the week, which we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but to get back to 11th after losing a wheel, I think that's a pretty good finish. Corey LaJoy, after all his bullshit, ended up finishing 14th. Um, after turning some people, after getting spun uh, in a Spire car, he finished 14th. Congratulations to him. Uh, Ty Gibbs, rookie season, 16th, right next to Harrison Burton. Um, other than that, Tyler Reddick, man, I I feel bad for old T-Red there. Uh, 34th after his, his accident. A.J. Allmendinger, 36th. Not the way he was looking to start the year, okay? Um, A.J.'s got a chance because he's going to be real, real aggressive. Um, you know, I, I hope that works out for colleague in the end. All right. That's it for the cup race. Okay. Um, that was a pretty good little rip. I went on there. Uh, thank you guys for listening to that deal about the cup race. All right, moving on y'all. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about the Xfinity race. We're not going to go as in depth on the Xfinity race. I didn't watch every single lap of the Xfinity race. I was babysitting my child, so I didn't get to watch every lap. Um, I do have some brief notes there for us. Um, on their, so in their race, again, they had a competition yellow, right? And uh, they got started at about 8 o'clock after the cup race, by the way. I would give you all the schedule, but you should know this because it's all on the same day. So they got started about 8 o'clock. Um, <clears throat> cars go down there. They were going about the same speed as the cup cars in turn one, by the way. But uh, they get to the competition yellow there. It's like 15 laps in, and uh, they... <laughs> shit half of them didn't pit <laughs> or, or take tires i was like what are we doing but i guess they were limited to like six sets of tires maybe and i think they were afraid about having late cautions and the tire fall off that you saw in the cup race um they knew you know it was gonna be pretty rough so it was kind of a strange thing there where not everybody pitted for tires at a competition cost. You don't see that often, but obviously, like I said, most of those guys just watched cup race. They didn't really need to see what the x tires were going to do for tire wear, and they must have felt good about it. So, went on with that. Cole Custer, um, my pick to win the x championship, ran pretty good. Uh, one stage, one. Um, top five there for the x series, and stage one was Cole Custer, and the zero zero, you had the twenty one, the sixteen, the eleven, and the ninety eight. Those were your uh, those were your drivers. Twenty one, Austin Hill, sixteen of. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to get all these numbers. Got sixteen of Chandler Smith, eleven of Daniel Hemrick, and the ninety eight of Riley Herbst. Um, so, you know, interestingly enough. Uh, Cole was pretty quick, looked pretty good. Uh, I was happy for him, but uh, he won that stage. Uh, stage two, we go into it. Kind of the biggest uh, thing there on that for me was during that stage, uh, Sheldon Creed, man, he got like, whew, he got wrecked, and he was about to like knock his head off, head on in the wall. In the infield, and somehow he got that thing turned around and like barely kissed it with the back end. Okay, it's more than barely kissed it, but he backed in with the back end, and the car was still drivable, still fast. 
serious piece of driving for Mr. Sheldon Creed there. I was impressed. Um, if you watched it, you should have been impressed as well. So really good job there for Sheldon to kind of save it. Um, other than that, that was kind of the note for stage two. Cole Custer wins again. Uh, stage two goes to Cole Custer, followed by John Hunter Nemechek. And the 20, the 18 of Sammy Smith, the 10 of Austin Dillon, and the 48 of Parker Kligerman. Um, so, you know, again, Cole Custer, you're like, man, he's good to go. We get into that third stage there and, like, uh, you know, it, it was what it was. Cole got ended up getting wrecked early in the third stage. Pretty much taken out of competition. Hated it for him. He looked like he was going to run away with it. Cole, hang in there, man. We need you to to do good. You're going to do great. You had some bad luck. Hang in there. Don't get discouraged, man. We believe in you. Um, other than that, so after Cole was out of it, the 20 car and the 18 were just absolutely just whipping everybody's ass. I mean, there's I was going to say rear end, but they were just beating dog crap out of everybody. And um, Sammy Smith and the 18 driving like an absolute a madman all right like i mean making some moves that uh <sighs> made me a little bit sick but uh he was driving the pilot car uh shocker and uh he's you know that's a knoxville company so i'm okay with that but um there was this one part there where he had debris on his grill and he was in front of Nemechek and uh, somebody else, maybe Allgaier, or I, I don't remember who it was, but he was ahead of him, dropped behind him, sucked the debris off, and went back around him, like all in the same turn. I was like, oh my God, this man can drive. Um, so that was pretty cool. little bit of piece of driving. Kind of cool to see that that guy had, uh, you know, some ability to drive. Um, Brandon Jones got turned through the grass there um, in stage three. Like, you know, he was running. Okay, that was my pick to win the Xfinity race. I missed. I'm sorry. Um, you know, and uh, somehow, like, with 55 laps to go, I told you guys about Sheldon Creed. Uh, he was leading this, this race in the third stage with 55 laps to go. And uh, I was like, this was did, didn't he wreck <laughs> like holy shoot he got that thing dialed back in and that worked out pretty good and uh, he got back up there um they had you know it the xfinity race is a little bit more of an xfinity race we had some cautions there at the end um the third stage you ended up having like four or five cautions just kind of nonsense stuff nothing that's really worth noting as far as that goes other than the fact that on the restarts like them, those Xfinity guys are absolutely just duking out with each other on the restarts, man. They're like five wide, six wide, eight wide, twelve wide. I don't even know, but nobody gave a dang, and they were going wild. Um, <laughs> there was one point there where Josh Berry like squeezed Tyler Reddick into the outside wall, and I saw this like, I, I it's corny, but I saw the beast come out of Tyler Reddick coming down the front stretch after that, and I really thought he was gonna right hook, uh bury into the fence and i was like please don't do it please don't do it please don't do it and he didn't thank god but I, for a second i actually thought he was going to because he was that ish frustrated feel bad for tyler like i said he had bad cup race daytona bad cup race at fontana got knocked out early sat around to wait till eight o'clock or whatever eastern to run the 
<laughs> Xfinity race, and then he was running pretty good and got squeezed in the wall by Barry, and that kind of screwed him up. And like I said, he really wasn't happy about that. And, um, you know, it was what it was. But uh, other than that, kind of finished the race up there, last 20 laps, um, the 18. And well, let's say last fifty laps, the eighteen and the uh, the twenty were just kind of <sighs> dominating it. And like around forty to go there, at one point, uh, John Hunter absolutely just smashed the back of Sammy Smith. And I was like, like going in turn three, and I was like, uh, teammates, <laughs> what are we doing? But uh, anyways. So we did that, basically, for third stage. Pretty good race. And in the day, John Hunter ends up winning the race. I think he had a pretty solid car. Cole Custer didn't lose his wheel. He would have won the race. I'll stick by that. I'm not going to change from that. Uh, hated that for him. Um, but uh, that pretty much ended the Xfinity race. Xfinity run down here. Top five, John Hunter, Sam Mayer, Justin Allgaier, Chandler Smith, and Josh Berry. The Notables, Austin Dillon, uh, his first run in the college car there, finished 8th. Parker Kligerman in the 48, got a 10th. Joe Graff Jr., one who I was kind of watching because he was running the uh, 19 Joe Gibbs car, which he's doing for like five races this year. He's been running some really low-budget low teams, and you know I was curious to see how that went. He got an 11th, so good congrats to him on that. Uh, other than that... Ross Chastain in the 91 was basically a nothing contender in the 91 car. Finished 24th. Ross, if you're going to be in cars that's going to finish 24th, don't run the Xfinity race. Cole Custer, after doing good, he had that tire issue. He finished 27th. Uh, other than that, Tyler Reddick, 36th. He had Tyler Reddick, guys, I hate to say it, but he is now 3-for-3 three three outside the top 30 in races this year between Cup and Xfinity. Hate it for that guy. I like I like him a lot and uh you know it's it's pretty rough so uh hang in there Mr. Reddick it will get better other than that we're going to wrap up Fontana this is my my uh three things to talk about for the weekend first penalty on the 19 car all right uh well, this is a new rule it's two race suspension two crew members what I did not catch in that is that it is not the crew chief they suspended the Jackman and the tire changer on the 19. Um, not the crew chief. And, you know, that's interesting to me. I I like the idea that we're penalizing the people that's doing the work, but I don't like the fact that um, we're not penalizing the coach. Uh, it's a technical foul kind of thing to me and I feel like the coach should take a penalty for that um, so I, I have mixed opinions on it didn't know it that's definitely an interesting note though to kind of know going forward it's like hey it may not even be close to as big of a deal as he is crew chiefs can't have guys missing lug nuts now to take a week off I think that that is part of it I think that basically what's happening in NASCAR was suspending these crew chiefs and they were just sitting at the shop you know live streaming in just like they're on the pit box i mean they're on the radio and everything so uh it doesn't really matter all that much so um it that's kind of a shame again in my opinion when people are suspended they should have to sit at the racetrack on a bench in the penalty box and they should only be allowed to drink water 
And we should give them a snack because you need a snack during a race. But I think it should be like the rice cakes or something like that. You know, something delicious and hearty like rice cakes and water. I think that'd be good. So, NASCAR, if you do that, get Quaker Oats to sponsor that and uh, do the flavored rice cakes. Um, all right. That's it for the pin on the 19. Next, uh, OKFB. Is he back? I already went on a rant for a long time, so I'm going to try to keep this pretty beef, brief. But uh, the fans for Kyle Busch... Um, I heard a lot of people cheering when Kyle Busch won. I saw Kyle Busch do an interview and not take any stabs at Joe Gibbs, for one. Uh, not talk about how great he was, for two. And not be as gaudy with his bows, for three. And I was like, oof. This is giving me some vibes. Um, he is going to go on a tear. That's my prediction. Y'all better watch out. Like He might. I'm... I'm I can't say he's going to win 10 races because I don't. I think winning 10 races in one one car with these new cars that we run now is a lot. But um, he's going to win five. I, I feel pretty confident saying that, at least five. And um, So y'all be there for that, and uh, you probably want to put them on your fantasy team. Because unless they wreck, they're going to finish top 10. That's my prediction. And they're going to wreck some, but they're going to finish top 10 if not. I don't think they're really going to struggle much. Uh, Chevys are fast. Super, super fast. If I was not a driver in a Chevy right now, I would probably be asking for one. Um, it's interesting. Uh, you know, uh, and the thing about the Chevys being fast is, so before when we said Chevy's fast, what we really meant it's Hendrick's fast. Um, you know, RCR and Trackhouse or whatever other Chevy teams are out there definitely wouldn't have been considered to be as fast or faster than Hendrick, but I guys, I don't, I mean, I think RCR, Trackhouse, and Hendrick at this point, they're all pretty equal. Uh, between those, you're talking about eight cars. I mean, I, whew, they're going to be tough to beat all year, I think. And, um, I, you know, we'll see going into Vegas this week if that continues. Uh, we're getting off the two-mile track back to a mile and a half, so they'll slow down a little bit have to handle a little bit better so i'm very very interested to see but it, from what i've seen so far it's gonna be a long year if you don't have a bow tie on the nose of your car um so hang in there for that lastly let's talk about the future of fontana in the intro to this thing i cracked a joke about deconstructing fontana ha 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 all right i don't know what they're gonna do i have no idea what they're gonna do i want them to build a track okay and I want to hypothetically build this track that I have designed in my head. And um, I'm going to try to get... I'm not a, I'm not like a drawing genius on computers, guys. I, if I had my CAD software, I could whip this up. But I, I don't have that stuff anymore because I don't have a computer. I have a Chromebook. But um, I... I, uh, I'll see if I can come up with something in like Photoshop or whatever. But we'll, we'll try to get it in there. But basically, I have this idea for Fontana, and um, a lot of y'all are going to think it's crazy, but I want to turn it into a road course short track, and um, <laughs> anybody that just heard that said, the hell did he say what? Um, but basically, the concept in my head, so I was listening to the, uh, because I'm recording some Wednesday, I've already had the opportunity to listen to quite a few other podcasts. Uh, I mean, on Tuesday, I've had an opportunity. I listened to the Dale Jr. download, and I listened to Denny, and I listened to the Teardown. I listened to the to the two fat guys. Just kidding. To the Door Bumper Clear. 
and um, listen to what they're saying. And it doesn't sound to me like anybody knows what's going on with this thing, but um, if you guys don't listen to those shows, you probably should, but please listen to mine first. I need more support than they do, I promise. But um, they <clears throat> they were talking about it. Junior in particular was talking about it. He's like, he was talking about the transitions, and that was my question the whole time about trying to build a track right there. It's like, dude, like this thing would have to be straight up and down in the corners, and then you have to bank the back stretch. And it it could be a different type of track than we have, but it they would have to be very different. And they would be flying. Like you would have to bank these corners and almost make them like straight up and down and like to where the cars turn them. So, like I'm talking Talladega banking in the turns. And, you know, would they be going fast enough to hold the speed up there? How would you ever tow cars off of it? How like there's a lot of questions. Like it, it, it can't really happen. But I had this, I had this thought. All right, Dale was talking about how they want to keep the sweets and not tear them down and all this. And and my thing is this: you couldn't run an oval track, right? But I have this idea of making a triangle track. Okay, and I I want you guys to picture this with me. So. It's, it's more like a D, but, you know, like a box D. But basically, you would go down into turns one and two, right? Like, you go off the, they're trying to use the existing front stretch. So, you do that, and at the end of that, you would decrease the banking in the track there, make that transition to it being flatter, and you would go into a quote-unquote road course type section, right? You would come out of banking into a section, and you would go up there, Basically, make a, a U-turn, come back towards the front stretch, right? And then get back into where pit road is, and then, like, take a right down pit road, okay? Go down pit road, where pit road currently is, take another right, go out and make a loop, and then come back up down to the, the flag stand again. So, it's like a little bit of a triangle, but then, like, do that. And then, you could put the pit road on the other side of the switch. And so then you have this weird shaped racetrack, okay? And I, I will try, I, I'll, in fact, I'll tell you what, I will get it done tonight. And I will post it on my Twitter and my Facebook. You guys find it and share it and tell all these other people we should try. It'd be wild. Um, you know, Junior talked about, like, when we were talking about Chicago street course, I remember Junior went on a rant about, why don't we make it like a, a short course, okay? And this will be similar to that. And it would be oval racing, but it, it would... You would have two right turns and four left turns, okay? Like, and they would be flat. You would have turn one would be out of banking, two flat. Turn two would be flat. And then turn three would be a flat right. Turn four would be a flat right. Turn five would be a flat into banked left. And then turn six would be a left into hard bank from the front stretch. And I know that sounds wild, but, like, it's out of the box, okay? It is out of the box. But I feel like it could produce some good racing. Then you could run, like I said, you can run pit road, basically, from the middle of the tur- of the middle of turn, make sure I get this right, from the middle of turn two, and then have it rejoin at between turns, um, uh, one, two, three, four, between turns four and five, like, like make it a straight line across and make like a triangle with the front stretch. I, it'd be wild, but I, I, and definitely not something normal. 
but I would like to see it. I I feel like that you know it put on some interesting racing. A lot of you people are probably gonna listen to this and tell me that's not a racetrack. <sighs> you know, that's fair. But um, NASCAR, if you want to try something different, give it a shot. Okay, um, that's my future plan for Fontana: deconstruct it and build that. If you guys build that, if you build that shape, um, first of all, please invite me. If you take this picture, I'm about to put out on the internet. Second of all, if you don't invite me, I will buy a ticket and I will be there. But please invite me because I think it'd be awesome. I think it it would be different. You would have a lot of people that say it's stupid, but I really feel like it could put on some good racing. I think the transitions, having that bank part in the front and then flat in the back, you would be high speed and low speed, and you would be deselling in one and two, and then accelerating in turns five and six up onto it. It would really make for some interesting thing and i think it would lead to some drag races down the front stretch uh to in that deal i really i feel like it could um basically your start finish line would be kind of like that way similar to like that run up out of turn one at the roval like up out of the the roval into actual like race oval one um, and you would see you got if you guys go on if you ever watch that turn if, if you look at it some guys run low most guys run out to the wall some guys run low there um, but I'm talking about making this thing a little bit more arcing and uh, <clears throat> bring some of the transition in to the banking in the middle of turn six and then take it out in the middle of turn one I, I think it'd be pretty cool um, so I'll put that up there for you guys tonight before I go to bed share it retweet it uh, go look it up. It'd be insane, but it would be awesome. So uh, that's my, my take on Fontana. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry this episode is coming out <clears throat> a little bit late. Um, I would, I, I, you know, my goal is to get these things out Monday, uh, to record them Sunday night, get them out Monday, Tuesday at the latest. Um, it just, with what we had going on this week, that didn't work out. Um, so... It's here for you now. We will indeed have a Friday preview show that I'll put out for you guys. Uh, try to release it Friday morning. Uh, on the Friday previous week, we're going to talk about Vegas. We're going to talk about dirt racing. It, the Friday preview show, hey, this is going to be a good weekend for racing, okay? Um, you got Smoky Mountain Speedway, uh, Florida Outlaws. You have uh, uh, Schaefer's Spring Nationals. At Swainsboro and at, shoot, I'm sorry, some other track in Georgia. I can't remember which one. Um, so, we'll talk about that stuff and uh, get you guys ready for the weekend. Then next week, we'll hit a dirty talk. We'll hit an asphalt affairs. And we'll hit a Friday preview after that. So, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Uh, hope to get back on a regular schedule. Please get on my socials, Facebook, uh at Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast, Twitter at C Contemplations. I added my face to the picture for you guys. So you know who I am. Um, thank you guys for listening. Please go on Anchor if you'd like to leave me a message. Uh, shoot me. You can write a message or you can like leave me a voicemail message that I can play on the show if I so desire. Um, so please do that. Please share this with anybody else that you know. Other than that, thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Casper, and we will see you next time. Keep it real, keep it scary, and uh, y'all enjoy the week. Thanks.
When you're doing your eye racing, have you ever looked at your car and thought, God, this looks like crap. I have just the solution for you. Rocky Top Race Wraps. Home of the best wraps for all of eye racing. If you want to go fast, you better look fast. Listen, the wraps from Rocky Top Race Wraps add at least 15 horsepower. Probably going to take off a half second every lap. I mean, give the man a call. My boy JP, he will take care of you. Like I said, Rocky Top Race Wraps. Look them up on the internet. Thanks. You've been listening to a production of Crazy Casper Media. Thank you guys for tuning in. As one final reminder, all last nine opinions are solely those of your host, Casper the Ghost. And I am not affiliated with any race teams or businesses. Only blame me. You guys have a good night. Thanks. Bye.